On today's show, I have Ryan Bastris from Pennsylvania on the phone. He is a prophetic evangelist who travels throughout the world and has a heart for God's people. On today's show, we'll be picking up where we left off last week with Ryan sharing more uplifting and encouraging stories from his past. One of the stories you'll be hearing today is how God delivered his mother from the fire. We would love to hear from you what the Lord is doing in your life or have seen in others. Write us at stories at themillenniumbeat.com or call us and leave a voicemail at 407-624-9957. We at The Millennium Beat are looking forward to hearing what the Lord is doing in your life. Remember that The Millennium Beat is helping people share their stories. Welcome to the Millennium Beat Podcast, where we like to encourage the world one story at a time. Now get ready to hear stories from around the world that encourage and uplift you. Now to the show with your host, Kevin James. Welcome everybody, I'm your host, Kevin James. You're listening to the Millennium Beat. On the phone, I have Ryan Bastris. He's been on a few times and I'm glad to have him back. So Ryan, thanks for joining us again today. Hey, it's a, it's a privilege, man. It's an honor, I'm excited to be here. Thank you again. Very much appreciate it. You've been yeah. a good friend to me so far, and I, I don't think we're going to stop now. <laughs> I don't think that's going to change. I, I, I think I know that it's not going to it's not going to change. But Ryan, last time we talked um, a week ago or so, um, you started telling us some stories. But unfortunately, we were both on a time restraint, so we had to cut that mm-hmm. short. So what I like you to do is continue with that conversation of some of the stories, some of the places some of the miracles, some of the things that you've seen that God do in your life and other people's lives. So pick it up from there. Yeah, man, absolutely. Uh, like I said in, uh, on the last one, man, uh, God has done so much in me, and, and we you know, have seen God do so many amazing, crazy, awesome things around us as well. Uh, it's one of those things, where do we start, where do we end? Because uh, there's just so many. And I love sharing what God is doing uh, because, man, I just want uh, to celebrate what he's done, but I also want to stir hope in someone else, uh, you know, of, of, of what God can do for them. You know, the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. So as I proclaim these testimonies, uh, people can receive them as prophetic words uh, of where God's going to lead them and what God's going to bring them to. And so when I talk about healing, and if there's someone who's listening to this who might be sick, grab a hold of this testimony, use that as a prophetic word that, you know what, God's going to lead me to healing as well because he shows no favoritism. Amen. But uh, yeah, I'll, I'll actually share one that just happened not too long ago. Um, I wanted to start out by saying this. Uh, I really feel like for my own personal life, I've been experiencing crazy, awesome breakthroughs and we've been seeing awesome breakthroughs. I mean, that's what forms the testimony. And, um, you know, I've, I've been seeing personally testimonies in areas of where, you know, in areas where I've been travailing, you know, praying, lingering and tearing for the Lord to just move in particular areas. And I really believe it's like Exodus chapter three, God tells Moses at the burning bush, I have seen my people's affliction and I have heard their cry. And he goes on to say that he's going to come down and do something about it. And I love that word come down in the Hebrew. It's in Exodus 3, 8, when God says he's going to come down. 
that means he's going to march down there. He's going to march down and he's going to do something for his people. And so, you know, he saw their afflictions, but what really has stood out to me is that he heard their cry. And in Psalm 65, verse 5, it talks about how God releases awesome deeds, awesome deeds. And so he was going to march down and release awesome deeds as like a response and answer to the cry of his people. And so, um, you know, I believe when we cry out in a place of intercession, when we cry out uh, for something, we pray, wherever we cry out, we need to have a hope and expectation that, you know, God's going to pour out. And I wanted to start this out by saying that I really believe, you know, um, your listeners are really going to experience breakthrough in areas where they've been travailing, which means to just let out a cry of intercession or prayer. But I really believe they're going to experience breakthrough in areas of travail, linger, where, you know, in those areas where they've been travailing, where they've been lingering, which means they've been waiting and, and, and waiting for God's promise to come to pass. I really believe they're going to get traction in, in some of the promises they've been pursuing and praying for. And uh, I really believe they're going to experience breakthrough in areas where they've been tearing as well, which means, again, to wait, to lean in until you see God move. And so, you know, the Israelites um, in Exodus 3 and beyond see God move, march down and, and work out awesome deeds uh, on their behalf. And, and I really believe that we're going to experience, you know, we have experienced that, but we're going to experience that in the body of Christ in great measure, measures especially in the season of opposition we find ourselves in. But I wanted to release that and give a testimony um, about that. So I was at a church not too long ago, and I was talking about the cry of intercession. I was talking about crying out before the Lord and really travailing, really pressing in and really pursuing until you gain traction, either in a prosperous prophetic word, or maybe God was calling you to put something on uh, of godly character, I was talking about travailing, you know, fighting the good fight of faith, pressing in until you gain traction in, uh, in that prosperous prophetic word or that call to put on uh, a specific a specific characteristic of God. And I was just talking about travailing and 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 really crying out before the Lord and 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 sharing some of what I just shared about God pouring out His Spirit and. And, 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 and working and you know, manifesting awesome deeds. And, uh, but, you know, he's going to pour out where we cry out. Long story short, man, we went into this place of intercession, this place of crying before the Lord. The presence of God filled the room. People are in different places in the sanctuary on their face, weeping and crying before the Lord. Um, the next day, and, and I prophesied that I believe something shifted that night, that it was like a pivot moment. The pastors agree. The next day, the uh, pastor, uh, uh, one of the pastors, um, actually the wife uh, of an amazing couple, she says, listen, she was like, last night was what we wanted to step into, but we didn't know how to get there. We didn't know what that would look like. And she said, you know, we've been praying as a leadership team. We've been talking about how we want an intercessory type of culture, uh, a travailing, a crying out, a lingering heart before the Lord, but they just didn't know what else to do to try to establish that culture in their church. So they themselves were travailing, they were lingering, they were tearing 
to experience breakthrough in this for their culture, for their church. And it happened on a Friday night service. And, and, and she was just testifying about how she's been waiting for this and now they've gained traction in it. So it was like, as I'm preaching about gaining traction, uh, they were gaining traction. And then at the altar, when people were just crying out before the Lord and something shifted, it was the shift. It was the breakthrough uh, that she was looking for, uh, that they were waiting for, that they were desiring. And so I thought that was pretty cool, you know. Um, and and, and uh, just to share another testimony about this, and then we'll just go into other testimonies uh, that, that are of difference. But um, there was a lady, um, this was a couple uh, years ago, not too long ago maybe two years ago, I went to go preach at a Methodist church in uh, a place called Alberton, PA. And so I had done uh, several uh, different teachings and preachings uh, that week into the weekend. And then the pastor of this Methodist church uh, wanted me to come and preach uh, on a Sunday night for him. And uh, I said, absolutely. So we're driving there uh, to the church service on Sunday night. Um, and, and I'm exhausted. I just preached probably five times in three days. And I told my wife, I was like, honey, I was like, I don't really know what to expect here. I said, um, you know, we're out in the boonies. We're like out in the country country. Um, and it's a small little Methodist church. And I said, honey, I don't know what to expect, but I know with that one thing I'm going to expect, like God's going to move mightily. You know, there might be just a few of us, but we're still going to have a great time. Well, a long story short, um, I pull up to the church and the pastor uh, is directing traffic and he actually has me and asks if I can park down um, at the fire station that wasn't too far from the church because there was just so many people. Uh, so I said, sure. So I, you know, park down there, I come in and uh, again, long story short, they had a full house. I mean, people were so hungry for God. Uh, and there's a reason I'm sharing this. Uh, it's part of the testimony. There were so many people that people were sitting outside on the pavement, looking in through the lobby into the church, just to hear, you know, just to get into worship and just to hear the message, right? And so they had to actually flood the stage with chairs. And it's a small church, probably could only fit a hundred. They had chairs on the stage because people just kept flowing in. Uh, well, there's a lady who is sitting on the stage uh, who now has become great friends of me and my wife. And um, and uh, anyway, she's sitting on the stage with one of her friends. And at the end, I, I start prophesying and I prophesied over her. Her name's Paula. I, I sat, you know, I prophesied over her uh, of, of just the goodness of God and, and, and just just something powerful. And I forget what it was, what was said, but she remembers and she got wrecked. And, and so I step off the stage because the pastor had to do a few things and then I was going to pray for as many people as I could. And she comes behind the stage to just tell me how confirming this word was. So that's a testimony in itself. But she was also in a place of travail, a place of lingering, a place of tearing, waiting for a breakthrough. And uh, so she had told me, she said, Ryan, you need to pray for this because what you just prophesied confirmed in my heart what I'm supposed to do. I'm supposed to continue with this ministry. The ministry is all about serving young women and their children 
uh, women who may have came off of drugs or uh, were you know rescued from sex trafficking or whatever, right? They come to this home that she's established, amazing ministry, and just she works with these families and uh, really just uh, sets them up for success, so to speak, uh, spiritually as well as physically. And so she said, Ryan, she said, I, I, I was questioning if I should stay or go. She's originally from North Carolina. Uh, she's like, I didn't know if I was supposed to go back down to North Carolina or stay. And this prophetic word really confirmed what I'm supposed to do. She said, but for me to hold on to uh, the property and stuff that I have, you know, the guy wants to sell it. She says, I need $150,000 in one month. And I said, okay. So she's been really lingering and tearing for a breakthrough here, right? Well, um, I started praying for her and the Lord gave me this prophetic word, Kevin. And I only say it when I know God's on it. And I feel and sense that conviction and fear of the Lord uh, that's motivating me to share something like this. Uh, um, so she's the Lord, the Lord said to me to tell her, he said, Ryan, tell her, um, that she's going to have one per, I'm sorry. She's going to have, a, um, someone write her a $150,000 check within one week. Now she needed a month, but the Lord told me within one week, she would get her $150,000. And I'm like, okay, I, that stretched me. I was like, I can release that. He says, but what I want you to tell her is one person is going to write her, one man. Now God gets really specific. He was like, one man is going to write her a check for $150,000, no strings attached. So I released this really believing it was God, okay? And uh, I don't normally prophesy those types of things unless, again, it's you know the fear of the Lord and the conviction is there. So I released this over her, and I'm thinking in the back of my head, okay, I really believe this is God. But if it's not, and I missed it, it's not like I'm going to see her ever again, you know? <laughs> well, a month later, I'm at a different area, and this lady comes walking in. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that's the lady. And she's smiling, gave me a hug. I'm like, okay, she's not mad at me. You know what I mean? So at the end of the service, she comes up. It's actually during auto call, and she's weeping. She said, Ryan, and she reminded me of what I prophesied. And I said, yeah. She said, Ryan, you said in one week. I said, yeah. said in three days, like three days after that prophetic word, someone wrote her a check for $150,000. And she said it was one man that wrote her one check for $150,000 with no strings attached. So here she's been lingering, travailing, and tearing over this, right, in hope. But also, I mean, in travail, and, and travail is not a bad word. And, and, and here it is, she saw breakthrough in the area where she cried out because God marched down on her behalf. And so I thought that was absolutely phenomenal, you know what I mean? And uh, God just showed up and, and showed off, man. You know? So I thought that was a pretty cool testimony to share. And that, that definitely was from two parts. One is that you had detail. I mean, you didn't say a bunch yeah. of people were going to give you money. You said one person in one week. And then this happened all yeah. in three days. And it's it, crazy. I get excited about something like that because, you know, like you said in the opening, was it, you know, God is not a respecter of persons. That if he did it for that person, he can do it for somebody else too. And that's Amen. what I get excited Amen. about. So somebody's listening, even myself, is saying, hey, that's possible. It is not a non possible yeah. thing. 
And that's exciting. Absolutely. I was just going to say, I, I really believe that when we're facing giants, we need to be like David and, you know, stir our hope by remembering what God has done for us. Or sometimes we just have to borrow testimonies like the ones we're sharing. And that's okay. While we're working on our testimony, I really believe it's okay to borrow someone else's testimony to stir hope in us uh, that this giant that we're facing will fall. Right. Hope. When there's hope. Amen. Things will happen. There's hope. <laughs> There's hope, you know. But let me say something that God was telling me, and, and, and it's indirectly dealing with what you were just talking about. But this says, the time for the harvest, um, you will receive what you sowed. Okay. Pastor Charlie Amen. said something. If you sowed some bad seed, pray for a crop failure. <laughs> That's a good word. You know, and, and I thought that, you know, because the, the harvest is here. You know, it's time for the harvest. So we're going to reap what we sowed. And some people are probably Amen. listening and say, you know, maybe I didn't sow the greatest seed in the world. Okay, God, we come against that seed, and I pray that it fills, and then we're going to place good crops. Amen. So, you know, this is a little yeah, introduction really there. So continue with what you say <laughs> yeah, yeah. some of your exciting stories. No, yeah. Yeah, and we just cancel, you know, uh, well, we just release, we just prophesy that right now. We just pray into that, Father. We just pray for for crop failure in the areas where maybe we send the wrong seed in Jesus name. Amen. But, uh, yeah, man, there's just been so, so much. And, and, and I, let me say this. I love what causes crop failure. I believe is pure manifestations of God that really break off of us. What, you know, the enemy would love to, or has put on us. And so when God releases himself, the weight of that glory, the weight of his presence, the weight of that encounter really breaks off, uh, those things and causes crop failure. And, 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 and when God releases or manifests himself in such a miraculous way, uh, he performs awesome deeds. It really causes what the enemy wanted to, to, to have succeed it really causes that crop failure. You know what I mean? Like, I, I believe this, when God pours out his presence, it's a blessing to us, but it really is a, a disruption and a terror to the enemy because when God pours out his presence on his friends, it blesses his friends, but it really terrorizes his enemy and really crushes and destroys what, he, what his enemy is trying to do. So anyways, because uh, these are what these testimonies are. There is people that were wearing certain things, you know, uh, this lady, the pressure of coming up with $150,000, right? Uh, this past, these pastors, the frustration and agitation, like we want to be a per, in a particular place, but we're not yet. But then in one moment, God moved mightily and canceled out and crushed uh, those crops from succeeding, you know? Uh, and so I think that's awesome. So moving on, um, I, there, there's a testimony that, again, just happened recently. We've talked about this in a previous podcast of how Bill, and, uh, you know, there, there was one particular testimony that I don't remember if I shared this or not. I don't think I did. If I did, hey, you're hearing it again. But I thought this was a really good one. Um, we got to baptize over 200 and some students, and uh, there was this girl who was standing and getting ready to get baptized, and she ended up coming to me. I'm going around in circles, you know, because I've been in the pool for two hours, two and a half hours, and I'm going around in circles and just kind of just having a little fun. And honestly, I didn't really understand why I was going in circles the way I was. 
And so the girl comes down and I, you know, I didn't this up. I really believe this was part of uh, what God was doing for her and what God was doing in her. But I had prophesied that just like the waters were troubled for the paralyzed man laying at the pool, um, you know, uh, but he couldn't get in. Um, you know, Jesus troubled the waters, so to speak, and we're all called to step into that water by faith and, and, and receive our miracle. And, and, and when we faith in the midst of our trouble, that's when we see the miraculous come. And so I'm prophesying this over her and she's receiving it. But then she tells my interpreter, she says, I know exactly why he was going in circles. It's like, okay, why? And she tells her and my interpreter tells me that, Ryan, when you were going in circles, before she saw you do that, she was praying, God, part of the vicious circles that I've been going uh, in, uh, that I've been in for, for years. I'm tired of the addiction. I'm tired of the revolving door. Like I'm good. And then I'm bad. I'm good. And then I'm bad. She says, I'm just tired of these circles in my life. I'm tired of these vicious circles in my life. Well, when she said that she looks down and sees me going around in circles and uh, she's just blown away at, at, the, at God's goodness. And, and she was like, God, even before she saw me do the circle thing, she said, God, before I step into this water, I want you to know I want these vicious cycles to stop. I want these vicious circles uh, in my life, these cycles to stop. And she was like, when I step in this water, I'm believing that they end today. Well, then she sees me going around in circles, and it really just confirmed uh, uh, what she believed was going to happen. And it was like a, it was like a wink from heaven, you know. And so she comes down and gets wrecked and blessed. So I thought that was really cool. And um, you know, uh, I wanted to share this testimony. This happened years ago. This was when I was uh, a little guy, you know. I was probably um, uh, probably like fourteen, fifteen years old, um, and uh, I got saved at the age of eleven. But at, uh, so about fourteen or fifteen years old. Uh, we're, we're at our house and, um, it was the first day of summer vacation. Um, and so the night before my mom left me and my, my brother camp out in the living room. Um, I, I was probably a little younger, um, because at age 14 and 15, I really, you know, could care less to be around my brother. So it was probably like 12. I don't know. I was young. And so anyways, um, we, we camped out that night in the living room and our living room could see right into the kitchen. They were joined. Uh, so to speak. And so we're laying there and all of a sudden, like what had happened was my mom put oil on the, on the, her electric stove to warm it up. Cause she wanted to make deep fried French fries for us. And um, she wanted to make burgers for us for our first day of summer vacation. So she puts them on the, on the um, burner, goes down to hang up some laundry outside a good distance from the house. What she didn't understand or realize would happen is it would boil over the oil and hit the, uh, uh, you know, the burner and cause flame and a fire. So anyways, we're sleeping at this point. Didn't know that was going on. I look up and I see flames shooting from the stove from the living room. So my first reaction was like, oh, no, I get my brother up. We run downstairs. We run downstairs outside a good distance from the house. We're screaming our heads off, you know, fire, 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 fire. And my mom's like, what? And so she goes running into the fire, right into the house, goes upstairs through the basement, upstairs into the zone, man. And so we run and try to get our landlord. The neighbor hears us. He runs over with me. Me and him go back up into the house to get my mom now because we, you know, could have cared less about the house. I was worried about my mom. And when I ran up, Kevin at the top of the steps from the basement 
the flames had shot out from the kitchen into the living room, were screaming from my mom. My mom is not responding, but I knew she was in the fire. I mean, it was walls upon walls of fire. It just was wrapped around everywhere. And I thought at that moment, I lost my mom. And so the, but my, the, the neighbor is doing his thing. I don't even remember what he was doing. He ran back down because the smoke was crazy. You could barely see into the house from the steps. I go to the um, uh, area where the washer and dryer is, and I just follow my face. And I'm, I'm new to this, man. I, you know, I was just crying out to God, save my mom, save my mom. You know, like I don't want her to die. Save my mom. And all of a sudden, I heard my mom scream, it's out, it's out, I got it out. If you would have seen the flames, if you would have seen the fire and what it, what it had already consumed, I have no clue how my mom got this out, okay? So she comes down, she's full of soot, we, we set her down, I'm bawling, I'm holding her, my brother finally comes out of hiding because he was scared, loving on my mom. Later on, I'm told by my mom that she, when she went up into the fire, so there was my son, I'm praying for her screaming out. She goes into the fire. And by that time it had wrapped around the walls of the kitchen and the ceiling. And she's throwing what she shouldn't, but Hey, she's freaking out. She's throwing water on it and it's an electric stove. You know, that could have went really bad. Right. But she said the, the smoke was so bad. The heat was so intense. She actually blacks out and falls onto the table. Okay. And, uh, or, or the chair of the table and she blacked out. She's just laying on the chair and she said she didn't hear at all us screaming, mom, mom, mom. So it was probably around the time that I started praying that she comes to. And she says that her first reaction was, I need to grab the bag of flour. She wraps her coat around her arm, grabs the, 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 um, the flour throws it into the pot thinking that would help. But now everything's on fire in the kitchen. This is where the supernatural testimony comes into play. There is all sorts of things on fire. Uh, she just throws it onto the pot. And all of a sudden she said, Ryan, it was not the flower. She said it literally like, I, she's like, I heard you praying. And she was like, all of a sudden she said, it just like all sucked into one spot and just disappeared. She was like, it just disappeared. She was like, nothing was smoldering. There was no smoke. And that's when she screamed, it's out, it's out. And at the time she thinks she got it out, but really I believe it was the wind of heaven. You know what I mean? That just really snuffed out that fire. And uh, she went to the hospital. She checked out completely fine. Um, so, so that right there, man, you know, it was like, it was a Shedrat Meshach and Abednego experience. She said when she passed out and came to, she was engulfed in flames almost like, well, not, not, not her personally, but there was flames everywhere. She was just surrounded. But she said it was like a perfect circle around her of no fire. And she said that, like, but like, dude, like if you would have seen what I saw, like I literally saw the flames, like a wall of flames shooting into the living room. And she said in one moment, all of those flames completely disappeared. Okay. I'm not saying the flower didn't because I believe that was divine inspiration, but there was things that were on fire that were no longer on fire. And it was like, you know, there was like soot and they needed to remodel some stuff. Our landlord got a new kitchen, praise God, you know, renter's insurance, but 
but but it was just crazy what God did in that moment. And it was like I would be, I honestly believe outside of my conversion, me becoming uh, a, a Christian, that was like one of my first miracles that that I saw God perform on the behalf of my mom. And it wasn't just because I prayed; it's just God's good. And, and he snatched my mom out of the fire, man, you know? So uh, I thought that was a really cool testimony to share as well. I mean, I could just keep going, man, uh, just the, that we're seeing God do uh, and what we've seen God do past and what we've seen God do, um, you know, uh, presently. Um, like there's a testimony. I want to share this one really quick with you. Um, this happened very recent. I was um, in Washington State getting ready to fly home. I get to my um, my gate, and uh, there's this gentleman um, that that's standing there with a couple of guys, and the Lord starts speaking a prophetic word to me, okay, about him, and I was like, whoa! And he was sitting off like somewhere else, like at another gate, and I thought, well, he's going to be, you know, um, flying out somewhere else, and I go to try to get him, you know, to go pray for him and like just prophesy over him. Well, then I'm called to, to, to board the plane, you know, and it was one of those rushed situations. So I get on the plane and I'm like bummed out, man. You know, I'm like, darn it. Like I wanted to pray for this guy and prophesy over him. I don't like know him, who he is, but the Lord gave me this like very like vivid, convicting uh, uh, word. And um, so I jump on the plane. I'm frustrated. I'm like, well, God, just bless him. Um, and I was like, God, like, just, you know, how cool would it be if he could come on the plane and I could give him the word, but he was at another gate. Uh, 15 minutes passed by, and this guy comes on the plane with his, his couple of buddies and sits up from me about uh, two or three rows on the right. And so it wasn't the time to be able to release that word then, but when we landed, and now God's downloading all this stuff to me. And so we land in, I think it was Atlanta, and I'm trying to get back to PA. And we land and, you know, you know how everyone, they stand up and it's all like filled with people and stuff. And um, um, so, so I stand up and he's like, again, three or four rows in front of me. So there's a good group of people between me and him. And the Lord's like, it's now or never. I said, yes, sir. And so I, I tapped a guy who I knew didn't know him, but I was like, hey, can you get his attention? He said, sure. And, and so now he turns around, he looks at me. And I had to be loud for him to hear. And I just start prophesying over him, man, uh, about him writing books and being the leader and the overseer of like, and I, I heard a big number, like 42 things, like the specific thing, like 42 things you're either over or going to be over and they're going to be successful. And like, I just, God like takes us into this like real deep realm. Right. And, and he gets very detailed with this guy and this, this African-American guy that I'm prophesying over, he's like, whoa, Wow. Oh my gosh. And now we have a captive audience, man. The whole, almost the whole plane is just looking at that moment. Right. And so I'm prophesying over him and he gets wrecked, man. And here he's a Christian. He's actually a pastor, like a bishop in his organization. He later tells me, cause we exchanged information. He was overseeing 42 different types of projects, mainly churches in Africa. And so like, it was a very specific number, right? And, um, and what's even better is he was over 41, but he was like, uh, doing the, I don't want to say the deal, but the contract or whatever, 40, for the 42nd 
uh, uh, project, you know? So here it is, he's just getting wrecked. And, and, and his buddies are like, oh my gosh. And it was so crazy because the people out in the plane were like, did you know this guy? He's like, no. Like, it's, and, and he kept saying, wow, this guy's right on. Oh my gosh, he's, you know, reading my mail. And, and we exchanged the information. We actually uh, still talk today. Uh, but anyways, that was really cool. But this is like really the testimony that I wanted to get to. I sit down feeling completely relieved, like, man, I released this. There's a woman who is standing behind me. And she comes and sits down next to me and she's got tears in her eyes, right? And she goes, oh my gosh. She's like, I'm a Christian too. And I've never seen someone be that bold about their faith and that obedient. She says to me, so much. Can you pray for me? So we prayed for her and stuff and she just wanted to be a witness. She's like, I pray that one day I can be bold in my faith like you are. And she's just crying right then on the plane and, and, and then we get in trouble because we had to get off the plane. But, man, God in that moment just showed up on a, a Southwest airline, you know, an, an airplane, and, and, and just moved mightily in that pastor's life, right? But he also moved mightily in that woman's life. And so I love what God did for that pastor, but I, I, I'm so excited about what God did for that girl because there were seeds planted, and I really believe— that it really convicted her and changed what she did from that point forward, you know? And, um, and that's what it's all about, man. You know, you know, the Bible says the earth groans for the sons of God to be revealed. And it was like one of those moments where she just gets, you know, stirred up and, and, and excited by, uh, my, you know, in her words, bold, uh, actions, uh, bold steps of faith and sharing my faith, you know? Uh, so I thought that one was uh, really cool as well. Yeah, I mean, I could just keep on going, man, but uh, uh, it's so good. That's yeah, no problem. Um, we've got time for well, let's do one more story if you can. You can pull one out of your archives. Um, let's do one more story, and then we'll end it. We'll end it with that. Sure, man. Yeah. Well, um, oh man, that's like really tough because. I could go into the visions God's given me. I could go into. Yeah. Well, yeah, let's do that. You talked about that earlier when I was talking another time. Sure. So let's go into some of the visions. Yeah. Let's do a few, just a few. Yeah. Let's just do a couple of visions. Um, yeah, man, you know, when we, when we seek the Lord, man, you know, he speaks to us in all different types of ways. Um, I remember one time I'm driving down the road and this is just a simple one. I'll do this as a little appetizer, but I was driving down the road one day and um, this was years ago, man. And I'm just, I'm just like trying to drive, but bent over my steering wheel, just in under the presence of God, you know, and thank God I got from point A to point B safely and everyone was safe, but I just got wrecked and I'm just crying out to the Lord about something and, and, and feeling a little down on myself, a little down with what was going on. And I said, Lord, I said, I just, honestly, I know we, we shouldn't seek a sign, but I, I really just need a sign to know that I'm okay, that it's going to be okay. Give me a sign. And I'm thinking gold dust or a gem or this or that. And long story short, like I kind of look up, I was looking forward because I was driving, but I looked up and Kevin, I drive by um, this big, huge billboard. It was a Pepsi billboard and it said XO, XO. And it just had the Pepsi symbol down at the right corner. And the Lord said, Ryan, hugs and kisses from heaven. He's like, here's your sign. You know, <laughs> it, it was like literally a billboard sign and it just wrecked 
Now, I'm not saying like we should go around seeking for those kinds of signs. Like we need to have confidence that God loves us just because his word says so. And Jesus died and that should confirm enough. But in that moment, it was just childlike faith. I'm like, God, I just sign. And there it was, XOXO. And God spoke to me and said, hugs and kisses from heaven. And, um, and, and it was just crazy. And of course, I got more wrecked. And I don't know how I got from point A to point B. Um, but so be it. Um, one time I was uh, getting ready to jump in my car. And this is like a vision S type. I'm just leading into how it, they started, you know? Um, and, and, and so I went one day, I was jumped in my car. I had a Bill Johnson CD and I actually had a comedian CD, a CD just of awesome comedy, uh, in my car, uh, clean comedy, but it was in my car. And, um, the guy didn't claim to be Christian, but his stuff was clean. And I jump in, I'm, I'm like, I got a 45 minute drive. I'm just, I'm going to pop this in. And I'm going to drive down the road listening to Bill Johnson for 45 minutes. And the Lord spoke to me. He said, no, I want you to put in the uh, uh, comedy CD. I was like, what? He's like, I want you to put the comedy CD. And I wrestled with God, is this God? Because I thought God wanted Bill Johnson, not this comedy CD. Um, and so I was like, okay. So I popped in the CD. And for 45 minutes, I just laughed to a point of tears, right? And I pull into the church because uh, I was going to the office and I said, okay, God, talk to me. What's up with this? And he gave me this vision of a smile on his face. And he said, Ryan, I just wanted you to laugh. He's like, it just makes me happy that you're happy. Like, I love when you're happy. I love to hear you laugh. He said, I just love to hear you laugh. And he said, I just, I wanted you to laugh because you needed it. But he was like, I just, I just love to hear you laugh. Like you have such a good laugh. I just love to hear you laugh. And so I thought that was powerful. And I, I'm even getting emotional now about it, but that was a strong one. Well, let's go into the deep, deep visions. Like uh, a few that I've had recently, um, you know, uh, there's, there's so many, but uh, one time uh, I, I was just in my secret place, just pressing in and going after the Lord. And um, the Lord took me into this vision and how I can explain it is, it's not like my eyes are open and I can see it in the room, um, but it's like I am I am not in my room, if that makes sense. And it's like things are so vivid that I feel like I could touch it, right? And so, so I'm in this vision, in this moment with God, and I'm in this dark place because I, I was in the secret place and, and I, I was good. I love Jesus. God's good. But this was a couple months ago. I just wasn't in a good place emotionally, right? And it's okay to say that. I wasn't in a good place emotionally and, and, and just I'm in this dark place uh, in this vision. And literally I saw like, it was like almost like a stone rolled away and Jesus came walking in and just flooded that place with light and glory. And he just looks at me and he smiles. And I was like, Jesus, like, 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 cause he was inviting me to come outside. And I'm like, Jesus, like, I just, I don't, I just don't feel like I'm worthy of that. And he looked at me like, are you kidding me? Come on. And he brings me out of this, um, this uh, dark place and it like resembled a cave. And I thought of Elijah hiding out in the cave, but how God brought him out of the cave. Right. And so I come out into this vast, glorious place. And um, Jesus is just like, I, I understood what, om, what omnipresent looks like because of these visions. Like Jesus was with me, but with everyone else. And he was dancing and having picnics and just having fun. And he was inviting me 
to just hang out and have fun with them. And I'm like, oh my gosh, God, thank you. You're so good. And he said, just come and play. And the Lord cried out in that moment. He said, come out, come out. It's time to play. Now, of course, we don't want to play like in a in the bad term, play with God. But like God is so fun. And it was like he was calling me out of the cave and he was like, come out, come out, just play, just play, just play. And and j- that means just have fun. Just just strip yourself of this legalistic thought or just strip yourself of this thing. And what he was doing and what happened in that encounter and that vision, when I came out of it, like, like I was in a sense changed. Like that oppression that I went into the vision with lifted. There was this joy in my heart. There was this peace in my heart and and dude it just absolutely like blew me away um and uh so that was one one time i I saw jesus um you know skipping stones right and 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 i love this because whenever you truly encounter a vision or encounter god um it really changes something in you um but it might also speak to the change that god wants to bring or it could be uh, God trying to expound upon something uh, that you can find in Scripture. It will always be found in Scripture or in God's character uh, uh, in one way or another. So, you know, the Bible says as far as the east is from the west, so far he's removed, uh, removed our transgressions from us. And, um, as, you know, he takes our sin and puts it in the sea of forgetfulness. It's all found in Scripture. So that's this vision. I'm just having fun with God one day. He takes me in this vision where Jesus is skipping stones. And I'm like, Jesus, what are you doing? And Jesus is like, Ryan, he's like, I'm taking the sins that people have brought to me and I'm just throwing them into the sea of forgetfulness. And I'm like, what? And he was having a blast, Kevin, just throwing these things, these pebbles and skipping them and going, oh, there's a fourfer. You know, oh, there's a, that, 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 I got that one six times. You know? And there was blah, 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 and like go into the water and just sink. And he's like, I'm just taking the sins and throwing them in the sea of forgetfulness. And I'm just having a blast with it. And I'm like, that's awesome. Uh, another vision that I just had recently, um, these are so fresh to me. Like, like, ah, uh, they're so good. Um, but there, I, I'll share um, two more and I'll be done. The last the two, two the, the one was, uh, and this might be stretching some people, but, it, you know, God wants to communicate to his people and he communicates to us, yes, verbally, but also, man, like, I'm so glad I don't live in the hour of just radio, you know, like I love TV, you know, I love YouTube, you know, and stuff like that. I'm so glad I get to see, not just hear. So God said, man, we can see and we, and we can hear. And maybe at the end of this, we'll pray for those things to just be unlocked uh, for you. If that's what you've been tearing for, or if that's what you're just starting to, you know, desire. But anyways, um, so I'm uh, uh, in worship one time. And this just happened. And um, the Lord showed me these like angels walking in the room and he comes up to each, like each angel comes to different ones and they're like, they're fanning the people in the congregation and they're fanning me. And I said, God, what are you doing? He's like, I'm fanning into flame hope. And I'm like, what? He's like, I'm fanning into flame hope. He's like, me what? The, the, the fans are made out of the actual fans that kind of look like the Chinese looking uh, ones or, uh, you know, whatever. And I, I was like, what are they made out of? He says, Ryan, they're the testimonies that come from the cloud of witnesses. And he, because uh, Hebrews 12 talks about this great cloud of witnesses. And he says, these are testimonies from the great cloud of witnesses. Uh, they're not just 
the, the cloud of witnesses um, aren't just, you know, those in the Bible. It's, it's those who've died, you know, went before us and, you know, have passed and are in glory. And, and, and their testimonies were stirring hope in us, right? And so then I saw myself fanning me into flame. And I said, God, like, what in the world? Why am I seeing me fan myself into flame? He says, Ryan, that's the future you. And he was like, like, and, and I know that sounds weird, but he's like, that's just like the future you, like, like stirring into hope that you're going to have joy. You're going to have breakthrough. Like, like he's got the testimony that you're presently working on. He has the final product and he's just fanning into hope, uh, a hope in you that, 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 that you know, tomorrow's a better day, you know what I mean? And that things will get better. And so, man, that's just encouraging. And I just love how the Holy Spirit just really expounds upon his word uh, like that. And, and the last one, and, and we can even pray into this as well if you want to, but yesterday I'm driving down the road and, um, you know, Genesis 1 talks about the spirit of the Lord just hovering over the earth, right? Uh, that hover word is like a reproductive word, like a, um, um, uh, it's a creating word, it's a power word. And, and so I saw like the Lord, like I saw like the hovering of the spirit over certain areas in my life that have been troubled, right? And I then had a vision of Jesus, like with a tool belt on, right? Walking into like a room and it was like a carpentry shop. And I was there on the table, almost like an operating table. And uh, long story short, he starts just working on me, like working on my heart. And, and, and I mean, he was bringing things up. It wasn't just like, oh, that looks nice. Like he was literally that day bringing things up that I needed to work on or things that he wanted to work on. Come back to the spirit hovering. I love this because in Genesis 1, the earth was, you know, chaotic, basically. It was formless and void. And, and the spirit of the Lord hovered. And, and, and I love that it hovered over the trouble. It hovered over what God wanted to change. It hovered over what God wanted to produce uh, himself in uh, and what he desires. And I really felt like what the Lord was showing me in that vision is Holy Spirit, Jesus, the carpenter, was, was, was hovering but also entering and working on fixing heart issues, mind issues that I had, and just attitudes and stuff. And he was just adjusting and fixing, uh, you know, adjusting and fixing uh, things in my life, uh, like like remodeling, restoring, you know, like uh, um, like the carpenter does. And so, so that was a really cool vision. And I just prophesy that over you. If there's if there's trouble in your life, if there's things that are out of alignment, Holy Spirit is hovering over those things, which means He is just like releasing Himself and producing the desires of heaven in you if you allow him. And I just see like the carpenter of heaven coming and just working out and fixing some of the troubled spots. Mm. So yeah, it's good, man. That is good. One of the things the Lord just showed me is when Jesus tells you something, he will see it through. When I Amen. when I see that, I'm thinking of the storm, but before the storm, Jesus and the disciples were on one side of the, of the lake of, and he said, go to the other side. I will meet with you there. And then the storm came. Mm. You know? um, so the mm-hmm. word that Jesus gave the disciple was, go to the other side. I will meet you there. That was the promise. It wasn't say you were going to yeah. die in the middle of the storm. You were going to meet Jesus yeah. on the other side. So I feel like there's a lot of people yeah. right now that are, are going through a storm. Um, 
Yeah. But you got to pull up the promises, pull up the prophetic words, and they haven't changed uh, because of a virus that's hitting right. the world. Uh, God's still yep. on the throne. So, you know, pray for some of the stuff that you talked about, but also pray for the people and give them hope that, hey, if Jesus said it. Yeah. It is going to happen. No, no storm, no virus, Amen. nothing, no earthquakes, no pestilence, yeah. no locusts. Nothing's going to change because, <laughs> because the Lord said, go to the other side, which means he will be there Amen. waiting for you. So let's end up with prayer Amen. and we'll go from there. Let's pray. Yeah, well, Father, I just thank you for breakthrough. I, I, I thank you that when people listen to this, there will be testimonies of breakthrough because, Father, Father, you promised the other side. And if there's something standing in our way, you're going to break that thing so that we can come through and reach what you've promised. So, Father, I for a breaking to take place for you, God, to break down and to crush those things that have been standing in the way of your people reaching the other side. I rebuke the storm. And, Father, I pray that you heal and you restore the areas in my brothers and sisters' lives that have been affected by the storm. And Father, I pray right now, Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, I thank you that, yes, you dwell in us, but there's just places you're hovering. And and, and I think of how the angel of the Lord declared to Mary that she she would uh, have a child and she was supposed to name him Jesus and later says that the Holy Spirit will see to it that the child is conceived in her. And Father, I thank you that as the angel of the Lord declared it, Holy Spirit, you saw to it that it was conceived and that it was birthed. So, Father, I pray right now that the things that you've declared, you're going to see to it by your Spirit that whatever has been declared, it will be established. It will be done. So, Father, I pray right now in the name of Jesus that, Father, the places that people are holding on to promise, I pray, Father, that there would be testimonies that would erupt. Uh, out of this, from this uh, podcast that, oh my gosh, we heard the promise of the Lord. We embraced it uh, uh, and God did it. God fulfilled it. And Father, I pray that you fix, Holy Spirit fix, God, like Jesus, the carpenter, fix, restore, remodel uh, areas in our life that need to be fixed, healed, and restored. And I pray right now for just uh, a strength to come upon your people, a joy to come upon your people. I pray for you to fan into hope, Father, uh, uh, fan into flame hope in your people, hope that they'll reach the other side, hope that things will be fixed. They hope that said things will be fixed. And Father, I thank you for restoring hope. I pray for sick, right? The sickness right now. You said hope deferred makes the heart sick. We pray for sickness right now to be crushed because hope is rising in your people. Father, I pray you open up eyes, open up ears to hear you and to see you. I'm just testifying of what's available for everyone in one way or another. So Father, I thank you for opening up eyes, opening up ears. I pray God increase the visions and dreams and prophetic to just rise in the people that are listening to this podcast. Father, we bless them. We thank you, Father, for moving in their lives mightily. And we thank you that they will jump on the phone and tell Kevin of their own personal testimonies. And and, and I see that. I just see a, a podcast full of testimonies that have come from these podcasts. So, Father, I pray that will happen uh, in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, you've been listening to the Millennium Beat with your host, Kevin James. I've been on the phone with Ryan Bastris from Pennsylvania. Ryan, 
Thanks again for coming on. I appreciate you. Thank you. All right, everybody. We'll see you guys next week. Same time, same channel. Thanks for tuning in today to the Millennium Beat Podcast. I hope you heard something that was encouraging to you. We'd like to hear from you with your story. So write us at stories at themillenniumbeat.com or give us a call at 407-624-9957 and leave us a voicemail. You may also find us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and we have a YouTube channel. Please like us and share us with your friends. You may also go to our website at themillenniumbeat.com and you'll find our podcast and our YouTube video. You also may find a calendar there with past and future guests and dates and times. Plus, another way for you to contact us with your stories or questions. This has been a Millennium Beat LLC production, copyright 2020. Views and opinions of the guests are not always the views and opinions of the Millennium Beat LLC. You've been listening to the Millennium Beat with your host, Kevin James. I'm going to give you a little snippet of a show called Family Matters with your host, Paul Kendall. If you want to hear more shows like that, go to KindleFamilyNetwork.com. Once again, I'd like to thank Paul Kendall for the use of his show. Welcome to Family Matters, a daily look inside the real world of parents and their children. I'm your host, Paul Kendall. Our society has come a long way from Leave it to Beaver and My Three Sons. For those of you who have no idea who they are, they were young people who actually said things like, No ma'am, and Yes sir. Today we've got kids suing their parents, calling 911 when threatened with discipline, and even divorcing their parents. Isn't it interesting that when television and other forms of media portrayed respectful, wholesome children, the nation had a much higher percentage of respectful, wholesome children. Nowadays, television and movies are full of self-empowered kids with little or no use for their parents. Take one Friday night stroll through the mall and you'll see a mirror image of the media. The question today is how do children develop these attitudes and behaviors? I want to introduce you to two gates. One is the eye gate and the other is the ear gate. Everything that flows through either of these two gates becomes an indelible memory in a child's mind. On top of that, the media openly promotes sexuality, violence, and disrespect, and current technology has taken it to a whole new level. Our children are literally barraged with compromised messages of morality. Many children are left to themselves for a few hours after school because both parents must work. But the simple truth is found in Proverbs chapter 29, verse 15. A child left to himself brings shame to his mother. Our adversary is a master strategist and willing to wait patiently, even years, to see the effects of sin begin to take root in a teenager's life. James chapter 1, verse 15 says, When desire is conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is full-grown, brings forth death. So, how is desire conceived? This happens the first time a young boy sees pornography on the internet. It happens the first time a young girl is left in a compromising situation with her new boyfriend. Now, you may be thinking, I, I can't control every waking moment of my child's life. Well, that's true, you can't. 
But that's a far cry from where many parents are today when it comes to overseeing their children's activities and what they're exposed to. As parents, we cannot control every aspect of our children's lives, but we are responsible for creating a controlled environment for our children in their formable years. You can make a difference in the next generation by the way you raise your child today. I don't think anyone actually names their son Beaver these days, <laughs> but we can still train them to say, no ma'am, and yes sir. That's Family Matters. I'm Paul Kendall.